Welcome to the radio broadcast of Pineview Baptist Church, a growing community of faith in the Belfast community of Goldsboro. We are located at 3357 U.S. Highway 117 North in Goldsboro. We invite you to find out more about our congregation by visiting us at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. Join us now for our weekly message. Verse 1, O Lord my God, in You do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me. Lest like a lion they tear my soul apart, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is wrong in my hands, if I have repaid my friends with evil or plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it. Let him trample my life to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. Selah. Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift up, lift yourself up against the fury of my enemies. Awake for me. You have appointed a judgment. Let the assembly of the peoples be gathered about you. Over it, return on high. The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the integrity that is in me. O let the evil of the wicked come to an end. And may you establish the righteous who test the minds and hearts, O righteous God. My shield is with God who saves the upright in heart. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. If a man does not repent, God will wet his sword He has bent and readied his bow. He has prepared for him his deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts. Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischief and gives birth to lies. He makes a pit, digging it out, and falls into the hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head, and on his own skull his violence descends. Verse 17. I will give to the Lord the thanks due to His righteousness. And I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. May God add a blessing to the reading of the Holy Scripture. Would you leave your Bibles open as we'll be referring back to it quite regularly this morning. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. O Lord our God, What we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. What we are not, make us. In Christ's name, amen. Brothers and sisters, we don't rejoice enough. We don't take enough time throughout the course of our days to thank God for something. And to realize that every good and perfect gift is from Him, even the small ones. Praise is not our natural inclination. It's not where we turn to first, when, particularly when things don't go like we want them to. Our natural inclination is grumbling and complaining. 
But in Psalm 34 and verse 1, the psalmist said something that I committed to memory when I was just a small child. He said, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. Now, let me ask you a question. What does all mean? I think you know what all means. All means all. And the psalmist said, I will bless the Lord at all times. He didn't say, I will bless the Lord when life is good and the sun is shining. He committed to bless the Lord when it was raining and when the nation was in turmoil and when his own life was in upheaval. Blessing the Lord at all times. I've used this in many sermons through the years, but Oliver Wendell Holmes, he was a U.S. Supreme Court justice for 30 years. One of the greatest justices our country has ever been privileged to know. And he once quipped that I might have entered the ministry if certain ministers that I knew had not acted and looked like undertakers. <laughs> now it's true. I, I'm thinking of one guy right now. He's, a, he's a, a dear brother in Christ. He loves Jesus. But he always looks angry and mad every time I see him. And my Bible tells me that the joy of the Lord is our strength. The psalmist said we should bless the Lord all at all times. And it's hard to do that when we look angry and we look upset and when we walk around looking like an undertaker. And that could be said of church members too, not just us ministers. Praise is not our natural inclination. Now let's switch gears for a moment. Let me ask you another question. Have you ever been falsely accused? Have you ever been lied about? I have. I can think of several instances in my life and in my ministry where lies were told and even damage was done because of false accusations and because of lies. David here in our psalm is facing a very similar situation. Do you think you can learn to trust God, even rejoice and praise God in the middle of false accusation, in the middle of a lie being told about you? David did. What was his secret? Well, in this text of Scripture, it shows us three actions that we can take when we face similar circumstances in our own lives, how we can rise above the inclination, the inclination to grumble and complain about our circumstance, but be lifted up through praise. The first thing that we see in David's life as he's facing this false accusation is he made a prayer for refuge, a prayer for refuge. He says this in verses 1 and 2, if you'll read it with me in Psalm chapter 7, O Lord my God, in You do I take refuge. Save me from all my pursuers and deliver me, lest like a lion they tear my soul apart, rending it in pieces with none to deliver. He trusts in these verses that God will hear him. He believes that the sovereign God, the creator of all things, has his ear tuned to David's prayer. You know, we know little to nothing about the background of this particular psalm. And it speaks of Cush, the Benjamite in the subscription, as the one who is accusing David and attacking him with his words. But that's all we know about Cush, the Benjamite. 
And I think that there's even a principle for us there. We don't know what his words against David were, but David was not focused so much on his enemy as he was on his God. And there seems a great certainty in David's words as he says, Save me. Deliver me. While his enemies are attempting to maul him like a lion would its prey, verse 2, David takes refuge in God and he trusts that God will hear him. He has certainty in that. In his commentary of the Psalms, James Johnston writes that David is not calling out a stranger. He calls out to God because he knows him and has a relationship with him. He goes on to write, the name Lord in capital letters is a translation of God's name Yahweh. David cries out to Yahweh as my God based on a personal relationship. David runs to God the way we would run to a safe room during a tornado. Amen. And he believes that his God will hear him. He trusts in that fact, but he also trusts that God will know the truth. Read verses 3 and 5 with me in Psalm 7. O Lord my God, if I have done this, if there is wrong in my hands, if I have repaid my friend with evil or plundered my enemy without cause, let the enemy pursue my soul and overtake it, and let him trample my life to the ground and lay my glory in the dust. David is ready to be judged by God, the righteous judge. He's ready to suffer for any wrong that he has done. He stands certain that he is innocent before God and before man in this particular situation. Now I'm certain also that David was aware of his own sins and shortcomings, his imperfections, but he was certain of his innocence in this situation. Notice the ifs there in verses 3 through 5. If I have done this, if let my enemies trample me. But Lord, remember your covenant that you've made with me, the promises that you have always kept and fulfilled. Preserve my life and my glory, David says. He's crying out to his God. It's a prayer for refuge. Where can you run when you're being falsely accused? Where can you run when the storms of life come? There is only one refuge. God, the righteous judge, is your refuge, is your strength and your shield. David also pleased to God for equity. We see a plea for equity. And the first thing that he speaks about is righteous intervention. Verse 6, he says, Arise, O Lord, in your anger. Lift yourself up against the fury of my enemies. He believed that the passions of God were on his behalf. He believed that God was or would be angry for him instead of against him. God is not without passions, brothers and sisters. David here speaks of God's anger. He speaks of the fury of his enemies. He speaks a a beautiful language saying, Lord, lift yourself up against that. Arise, Lord. Let your passion be kindled on my behalf. God's not some cold, distant, dispassionate being. 
David believes that when God is provoked, justice will be done, that God will intervene on behalf of His beloved. You know, that thought gave me comfort this week as I thought about the circumstance in Afghanistan. We're not hearing in the news a lot of the horrors that are going on there. Paul Washer and the ministry that he leads, Heart Cry Ministry, has been putting out videos on Facebook and various social media platforms over the last few days. I've been watching them and sharing them and he's been speaking about the murder, the genocide that is taking place there among our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so, of course, the news isn't going to report it because they don't care. The mainstream media in America doesn't care about us. Don't ever think that they do for one second. But our brothers and sisters are in Afghanistan. Many of them have already been slaughtered. The church, it seems, in Kabul and in other places throughout that country are being snuffed out. Their men are coming into their homes with guns. They're murdering them. Unimaginable horrors that I can't even speak of today. Children being enslaved because they will not deny the gospel of Jesus Christ. And when I hear it, I get angry. I get mad. But I have to remember... I have to remember who my God is and that He will intervene on behalf of His bride. The gospel will not be stamped out in the Middle East or America for that matter because Christ reigns and He is a righteous judge and His anger will be provoked. And I tell you today, it is a dangerous thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Taliban, beware. Vengeance is God's and He will execute it. He speaks of this righteous intervention. He's pleading to God for it, but also for just judgment. Verse 7. Notice that God judges the nations in this verse of Scripture. It says, Let the assembly of the peoples be gathered about you. Over it return on high. Verse 8. The Lord judges the peoples. It is God who judges nations. He calls them into account because He is sovereign over them. And I'll add to that, that includes our own nation that mocks God. A nation that promotes injustice. I just said Taliban beware, but I ought to add in America beware. Because He is a just God. And He will judge according to His righteousness. Notice verse 8. It says, The Lord judges the peoples. Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to the integrity that is in me. MacArthur says that David isn't proclaiming himself sinless but innocent in this court case. And so he's asking God to be just in His judgment, to be fair, to weigh the facts. Notice verse 9. Oh, let the evil of the wicked come to an end, and may you establish the righteous, you who test the minds and hearts, O righteous God. Bear in mind that David was a prophet. 
not just a king, but a prophet of God. And there's also a sense here where He is pointing us forward to the Messiah. He is pointing us forward to the final judgment. Not just this one false accusation. God will judge nations. He will judge all men. And it will be just judgment. But we also see in this section a stern warning that we need to take notice of. And it begins... In verse 11, there's some powerful imagery used here. Read it with me. God is a righteous judge and a God who feels indignation every day. If a man does not repent, God will wet his sword. He is bent and readied his bow. He has prepared for him his deadly weapons, making his arrows fiery shafts. Behold, the wicked man conceives evil and is pregnant with mischief and gives birth to lies. He makes a pit, digging it out, and falls into a hole that he has made. His mischief returns upon his own head, and on his own skull his violence descends. Take particular note of verse 12. If a man does not repent, God will wet his sword. I'm sure many of you have heard of that famous preacher from the early days of our nation, Jonathan Edwards. He wasn't a Puritan, but he was a Puritan in many ways in his theology and his preaching. The famous sermon that he is known for even to this day from that great awakening that swept across our nation early on, that famous sermon is entitled, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. And he used this portion of Psalm 7's imagery in that famous sermon. Here were his words, The bow of God's wrath is bent, and the arrow made ready on the string. And justice bends the arrow at your heart and strains the bow, and it is nothing but the mere pleasure of God and that of an angry God without promise or obligation at all that keeps one arrow at any moment from being made drunk with your blood. May that verse serve as a stern warning for all of us today, just as Edwards preached that famous sermon. May we know that God may cast wicked men into hell in any moment, in an instant. May we know that the unrepentant and that the wicked are deserving of such treatment that they have no need to feel secure, that the only thing that will save us from God's wrath is to cast ourselves wholly at His feet, repenting and begging for His mercy. If you do not know God today, if you have never repented of your sins and trusted in Christ alone, this means that today is the day you are hearing a gospel message and being given an opportunity to turn to Christ and to repent and to believe. God will judge in the future. But He also judges today. And likewise, He also saves Today, This scripture teaches us that He is a refuge. He will be a shield for those who know Him. David pleads to God for equity after he prays to God for refuge. But finally, we see that he praises God for His righteousness. 
Verse 17, I will give to the Lord the thanks due to His righteousness and I will sing praise to the name of the Lord Most High. We end right where we began, talking about rejoicing. David gives thanks to God for two important reasons in this verse of Scripture. Firstly, that God is righteous. He praises God for His righteousness. David's situation has not changed. Cush is still falsely accusing him. His enemies are still lying about him. But he sets his heart and his mind on the righteousness of God, on God's character. In the Expositor's Bible commentary, it reads that the righteous rejoice in the righteousness of God. Did you hear that? The righteous rejoice in the righteousness of God. His righteous judgment affects both the wicked and the righteous. The wicked fall, whereas the righteous experience deliverance in God's act of judgment. The attribute of God's righteousness, it says, is what He does or will do on behalf of His own. He is a victorious God who triumphs over evil and will avenge His children. David rejoices in God's righteousness But finally, we see that he praises God for his name. He says, Lord, your name is great. Here, all of David's despair turns to hope. Why? Because he's reflecting on the very name of God. What does he mean by the name of the Lord? Well, what is the name of the Lord? We mentioned it just a moment ago, Yahweh is the name of the Lord. And when you see in the Psalms the word Lord, the name Lord in all capital letters, it is referring to the literal name of God, Yahweh. And it means He alone is Most High or Most High God. It can mean the Lord in different ways that you would translate it. He said something similar in Psalm 9 and verse 2 that we'll study in a couple of weeks. He said, I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. And again in Psalm 50 and verse 14, he wrote, Offer to God a sacrifice of thanksgiving and perform your vows to the Most High, to Yahweh, the name of the Lord. I I just thought of a verse of Scripture where the psalmist wrote, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are saved. His name is great. Not just He Himself, but he, He has a name above every name. Johnston again in his commentary of the Psalms says that God's righteousness is our hope. Can you imagine a world where there is no final justice? Where liars have the last word? Where the powerful crush the weak with no consequence? Where government inspectors get away scot-free with bribes? Where murderers go unsolved forever? When someone steals and is never caught, praise God for His righteousness. When you are falsely accused, He says, cry out to Him and trust Him to judge. David prayed for refuge. He pleaded to God for equity and justice and he praised God for His righteous name. If you stand accused in earthly matters today, trust in Him. Vengeance is God's. He will repay. He is a righteous judge.
The truth is that spiritually speaking, apart from God's mercy, every one of us stand accused. And you must turn to Christ if you never have. Hear me today. You must turn to Christ if you never have. Because there will be a day when He judges all men, just as David spoke about, when the nations will stand before our God and He will righteously judge them. And on that day of judgment that you meet, it will be too late. It will be shocking to you. Because God in His holiness and His justice will judge man according to his sin. Today is the day of salvation. God is righteous. God rules and reigns and therein lies our hope too. This is the Word of God. It is for us, His people. Thanks be to God for it. Heavenly Father, I pray today that we have heard from Your Word that we will take refuge as the psalmist did in God our great King. Lord, Your name is a strong tower. The righteous do run into it and they are saved. There is no other refuge. There is no other shield and stay. There is no other Savior. No other name given among men by which we must be saved. Only in Jesus... So Lord, firstly, I pray that we would have an assurance of that today. That we would know beyond all doubt that Christ is our King. That we have repented of our sins and trusted in Him. Lord, I pray for the one who is falsely accused. I pray for the one whose enemies are rising up against them. That on this day they would realize they can run to You for refuge that they would realize that our God is a God of equity and justice. He will righteously intervene on behalf of His people. He will justly judge men's hearts. And as hard as it is, God, as difficult as the situation may be that is before us, may we praise You for Your righteous name. We love you, Lord. Work in us, your people. It's in the name of Christ Jesus we pray and ask these things. Amen and amen. If you would like more information about Pineview Baptist Church, we invite you to follow us on social media. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Pineview Baptist Goldsboro. There you will find information about our service times, upcoming events, directions to our church, and videos of our Sunday services.